never too much. We just thank you, Lord. So I just want to just say a quick prayer before I start. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Holy Spirit, we honour your word tonight. Holy Spirit, we do not want to dilute one thing from your word, nor, Lord, do we want to add anything, not one drop. So, Father, we want to hear your truth, your word, and we want to have your way in this place tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Well, praise God. Don't you love Jesus? I do. (laughs) Couldn't do anything without him. And, you know, we've been doing this series in Romans and uh, Romans chapter 8. And we're continuing on tonight from, you know, uh, what we've been doing in the last couple of weeks. And, of course, Pastor Phil spoke this morning and it was an amazing word, amazing word of God from him. And I really honour our leader, Pastor Phil. I honour Pastor Chris that we are so privileged to sit under such fantastic leadership and their choice of leaders for us in Nat and Hearts. You know, God is good. Yes, yes, let's honour our pastors. We just thank God for them. And you know, this is a safe place. This church is a, is a great place to be. So as, as, we, as I was sort of preparing for tonight, I really asked God, um, God, I want to hear your truth. I want to hear your truth. And I don't know if you know me, I'm a real meat person. I really want to get into the meat of the word of God. And that's just who I am. So um, I'll tell you, as I, when, when uh, Pastor Hartz rang me and said, you know, we want you to do Romans, I thought, oh my goodness, no, not Romans. You know, because when I first came to the Lord, you know, the first thing I wanted to do was read the Bible. And I was told to read, you know, from Matthew and continue. And I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and it was beautiful. You know, they're telling a story, it was a biography and, and how lovely the story was. But then I got to Romans and I thought, oh my goodness, what is this? You know, it was just so heavy and it was, I thought it was um, kind of deep and, and, and Paul was kind of, he was just kind of confusing me. He was sort of saying, you know, asking a whole lot of questions and then he'd answer his own questions and then, then he'd say, oh, you're saved by grace. And then, and then he said things like um, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who, who does evil. And I thought, oh, God, what is this, you know? So, so after a while, you know, after I read and after I matured in God and, and, you know, tried to understand that Paul was actually making an argument and he was reasoning with himself as if we were right there sitting in front of him. And what he was actually doing was, you know, he was kind of having a tennis match backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. But if you just listen to what he's saying in, in the book of Romans, you realise that it's a letter um, that has a full and orderly account of statements and great principles and he was documenting things for the church of how to live as a church of God. And he was giving a pattern of life uh, to follow. And one of the things that came, you know, was evident to me was he was giving us a pattern of life, you know, in holiness. And it's not kind of the best word these days. You know, people don't really talk about holiness. Excuse me. And it's a bit cloudy. Yet God is calling us to be holy. And you know, I'm attaching holiness to this whole Romans thing because I really think it's important on knowing how we must live uh, a life in Christ with the Holy Spirit. And I want to read from 1 Peter 1.15, and it's the Amplified that I'm reading from, and it says, But as the one who called you is holy, you yourselves also be holy in all your conduct and manner of living. For it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. 
So God is calling us to a holy life. And Paul is helping us by giving us this account in Romans in chapter 8. And we of ourselves cannot be holy. You know, we have to understand that it's the Holy Spirit that is holy, that comes on the inside of us and makes us the holy people that we need to be. And, and, as, and I sort of mention that because as we go into talk about flesh and spirit, you know, we have to understand why Paul is addressing this. So he's talking about flesh and about spirit. He's separating the two, yet he's bringing them together at the same time so we can learn how to live. So if we read from Romans chapter 8, now, I'm just going to read the whole lot of what we're doing tonight, and then we'll dissect it a little bit later on. So I'm going to read Romans chapter 8, verse 12. I'm going to start there in the, in the, new, uh, sorry, in the Amplified Version. So then, brethren, we are debtors, but not to the flesh. We are not obligated to our carnal nature to live a life ruled by the standards set up by the dictates of the flesh. For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death, making extinct, extinct, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live forever. For as many uh, as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For the Spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. Amen. Now, we're going to talk about three things tonight. We're going to talk about sonship, adoption, and about being a co-heir. Now, sonship. Well, I kind of thought sonship. What about the daughters? <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll work, I worked it out in the end. <laughs> but contrary to what people might think, and I know, you know, it's probably something that people don't like to face, but not everyone in the world is a child of God. Not everyone in the world is a child of God. And many times I hear people quote, well, you know, we're all children of God. But that statement just isn't true. And we need the truth. We need the truth because it sets people free. Because if people go on living without knowing the truth, then you know what? I, I would feel totally responsible for not telling them the truth of God's word. So we're all made by God and we're all made in his image. Now, it's not just to say we have two arms, two legs, two eyes, two ears. You know, it may be what God looks like. I don't know. I haven't seen him in the, you know, with my physical eyes. But what it actually means is that like God, we have a spirit that never dies. So just because our body dies and they put us in the ground, it doesn't mean we cease to exist. And, and what the Bible means when it talks about death and life, it doesn't mean that you die and you just don't exist. What the Bible actually means, it's, a, it's sort of, when it talks about life, it means that you live eternally with God. That's life. But then if you live eternally without God, that's death. And that's in a place where we're not designed to be, where God wants to save us from. 
And we have to know that people don't just die and cease to exist, which a lot of people think we are dust and we just go back to dust. No, our flesh is dust and it does go back to dust, but our spirit lives for eternity. And it's really important that we understand why Paul is emphasizing the flesh and the spirit. It's really, really important for us as believers so that we know that we're eternal beings that live forever. Now, even Jesus, Jesus actually noted that some people are not children of God. He actually called people children of the devil. Now, I want to read this, John 8, 42, just to prove my point. (laughs) Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. Now, that's really a tough word. No wonder they wanted to kill him. Because he spoke the truth and they didn't like the truth. And, you know, he, he was talking to religious leaders. He was talking to people that the community would have respected. But if you don't have the spirit of God, it really doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you preach. It doesn't matter if you go to church. It doesn't matter how many good things you do. It doesn't matter if you give money to the poor. It's the Spirit of God that brings life. And that's what Jesus was saying. So are you a child of God or are you not? Does your flesh have the Spirit of God on the inside of it? And for us who are children of God, we want to do what our Father tells us, just like Jesus did. He heard from God and he did what God said. He just told them, I am here from my father. And what my father tells me to do, that's what I do. And that's what we need to do. Now, Romans um, chapter 8, verse 14, the one I just read, I just want to read that again. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So children of God are led by his Spirit. And what does that mean to be led by his Spirit? Now, I can just give you a little example. A couple of weeks ago, Brittany and I were having like a a mother and daughter outing and we went to see The Sound of Music. I had promised her that we'd do a girl thing, just me and her, and off we went. And we thought, we'll go a little bit early and we'll have dinner and, you know, then we'll go in to see the show. So so off we went and we, we were looking for somewhere to eat. So we went in and we walked to a few places. Then we found this little place. We thought, we're gonna go in, it's it looked okay. You know, we went in to look at the menu to see whether there was vegetarian, because of course Brittany's a vegetarian. <laughs> so anyway <laughs> So we went in and, and to have a look at the menu. And do you know what? I just felt so uncomfortable and I thought, you know what, I could be a real mum and say, Britt, let's get out of here. But I thought, no, we'll just wait, Rhonda, be patient, see what happens. And then Brittany just turns around and looks at me and says, Mum, I'm not comfortable here. I just want to get out of here. I don't really like it in here. So, you know, we just turned around and we went out. Now, it wouldn't have been a sin to eat there. That's not a sin. It's not a sin to eat there. But we were guided by the Holy Spirit. Our spirit just did not feel comfortable in there. You know, it was like, I don't know, there was smells, there was conversations, there were looks. It just wasn't a place where I felt holy. So Brittany said, let's go. Off we went to find another place. And that's just a little example of, uh, of how the Spirit can lead us away from or to certain things in our life. You know, and the Bible doesn't say, thou shalt not have dinner in a pub. <laughs> and for all our Arabs, the Bible does not say, thou shalt not smoke shisha. <laughs> 
The Bible, you know, it's a, I'm not here to debate what is sin or what isn't sin. But I'm saying that we're called to a life of holiness, not of the flesh, but of the spirit. And so this is what we've got to think about. What is our life like? You know, are we allowing Jesus, the spirit of God inside us to lead and guide us in everything that we do? Are we tuned? Are we turned on to the sensitive voice of that Holy Spirit? So to be a child of God is to hear that and to follow and do what he says. And so it leads me to say, well, what's it like to be adopted? You know, what's it like to be adopted? For you did not, verse 15, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. In Arabic, it's Abbi, which means my father. So it's kind of a bit different, my father. Imagine, my father means he's only mine, but really he's like that for every single person. It's amazing. And the word in Greek is huiothesia, for adoption. Now, Pastor Phil said it this morning. People that want to adopt children are desperately wanting children. People that go into that whole long, tedious, painful process really want to have a child. They don't do it just for fun. They don't do it for, oh, maybe. No, they really want to have children. And I'll tell you how I know this. I know this because when Mick and I were married, we waited a long time before Brad came along and one of our options was adoption. And we thought about adopting. And you know what? I can tell you, I did not care if the child was not my colour. I did not care if the child didn't look like me. I didn't care if the child um, was tall, short, fat, skinny. I did not care. I just wanted a baby. I did not care. I just wanted to be a family. I wanted to have family ties. I wanted to be a family. And you know... God, our Father, wants his children. He wants children. And Pastor Phil said this morning, no grandchildren. He wants kids. He wants his kids. And, you know, he's done so much. He's, he's purposed in his plan to adopt us. He, he has gone out on purpose to redeem and to adopt us. You know, the, the Australian government, I looked up on the Australian government to see what the process is now for adoption. And I think they must have read the Bible because I'll tell you what I found. The Australian Government Department for Child Protection and Family Support. This is what it says. Adoption is a service that provides a family for a child who is unable for a range of reasons to live with their birth parents. It is a permanent legal arrangement finalised by an adoption order from the Family Court of Australia, from heaven, or an overseas order recognised by the Family Court that cuts a child's legal ties with their birth family. Full parental rights and responsibilities are given to the adoptive family. This means the birth parents no longer have legal rights over the child and cannot claim back that child. The child becomes a full member of the adoptive family. This includes taking their surname, assuming the same rights and privileges as if born to them, including the right of inheritance. Isn't that amazing? I think that's amazing. They must have read the Bible and thought about how God wanted us. That is exactly what adoption is, that God wants to adopt us. He wants to cut everything off from the, from the world. He wants to take us away from where we are, from, from living and being part of the world, into a place where we live with him for eternity. So he's taking us from darkness into light, from death to life. We now belong to him. 
You know, the Bible says, I have called you by your name, you are mine. You know, we belong to him. We are now a member of God's family and grafted into his family. And does anyone do gardening? Anyone know about grafting? My father, I saw my father, I don't do gardening, just in case my plants inside even die. So, you know, I think I had Vicky say to me, she can come and help me with that. I take that up, Vicky. But my father grafted a lemon and an orange tree together. Do you know what he did? I watched him once and I, I said to him, Dad, show me what you're doing. He actually, on, on, the, on the trunk of the, the tree, he cut a piece out of it. So then all this kind of juice came out and then he had a branch from the other tree and the branch kind of had juice on the end of it as well. And when the, where the liquid kind of came out, he stuck them together and he wrapped it around with linen. He just wrapped it and wrapped it and wrapped it and he watered it and he kept checking on it and watering it. And then eventually that branch stuck to the tree, but it was a lemon on an orange tree. It was really weird. Isn't that amazing? We are lemons on God's orange tree. <laughs> Do you know that we are lemons on God's orange tree? We are sour and he is sweet. And, and I, I kind of thought about that and I thought that juice is the blood of Jesus. It runs in our veins, you know. It gives us life. And then we can live on that trunk of God. You know, it's amazing. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm an orangey lemon or a lemony orange. It's amazing. <laughs> and he's given us a new name. You know, we have the right of a son. And whatever is our father's is now ours. Whatever belongs to him is now ours. And that means a lot to me as an Arab because we're really into that. We are really into that. So Matthew 25 Verse 34 says, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. You know, can you imagine if you didn't have an inheritance, if you, if you kind of didn't have parents? I often sit down and think what an orphan might feel like, and I don't know if you are one, but I know that you can be an orphan and still have parents. But imagine if you were a child and, you, and they put you in a home where you're like every other kid. There's no, nobody special for you. You know, I know my kids, Brad likes to eat certain things. I want to make what he likes to eat because I love my kid. I want him to have what he loves. And if Mickey wants something, and Brittany's a vegetarian, so I, I cook that for Brittany, you know, because they're mine. I do special things for them. But, but an orphan doesn't have that. And I think even if you've got parents and you live in the world, you don't have that relationship. You don't have that one powerful thing in your life that is looking after you. And that's our God. And that's why he calls himself a heavenly father. You know, and, and people without Christ, I don't even think they realise that they need him the way they do. And it's, it's about us, the ones that believe, that are chosen, that are predestined to this adoption by God's will before the foundations of the world to go out and to tell people and to bring them in. And the adopted work of the Holy Spirit, it drives out the fear that we experience in the presence of God. And so we can cry out, you know, like we, we heard this morning, that, that Christ has cut that veil from top to bottom and opened the way that we can go straight in and we can see God and we can call him God. We can call him Abbi, my father. And sonship. Well, you know, I'm a girl from a family of five girls, so sonship kind of didn't do much for me. <laughs> But I just want to read from verse 15. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once 
more into bondage to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship. So the spirit produces sonship. And in the culture and the times of Paul, in some instances, even now in the Middle East, it was the sons who received the inheritance, and especially the eldest son. And that's why the word sonship is used. So so what God is saying is that even though we're daughters and sons, he is going to give us sonship. So we are going to inherit. We are going to be co-heirs just like as if we were the firstborn son, which is Jesus Christ. And there's a story in the Old Testament, and it's in the book of Numbers in chapter 27. And this man has five daughters, just like my dad. And this man dies. And when Moses is giving out the inheritance, he misses them. He says, well, they're girls. They, they, don't, they don't count, you know. But they come up and they say to him, well, we do count. Our father died, but we do count. We should have an inheritance. Because if we don't have an inheritance, my father's name is gone. So he said, okay, we'll give them an inheritance. And God doesn't look at us any differently, whether we are a son or a daughter. We are both the same in his eyes. In Galatians 3, 28, it says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ Jesus and you're a girl, you're still a son. You've got sonship. You have the same inheritance. And God has called us all to, to this sonship. Let's praise God. Let's praise God. Let's praise him. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> now, in, in the Middle East, you know, inheritance is a huge thing. Name, your name is a huge thing. Um, my father received his inheritance, my grandfather's house, because he was the eldest boy. And his brother had died and he had four sisters, so he received that inheritance. And God is calling us regardless. And he's calling it even for all of us with Christ. And because of our name, because when we take Christ into our hearts, he gives us a new, when you're adopted, you take on a new name. And so we have this, a name, this name attached to us. And God is so generous. God is so generous. And the Bible talks about God giving the whole world to Christ, the whole world to Christ. And when God gives the whole world to Christ, we are going to inherit the earth with him. We are going to rule and reign with him. And I just want the guys to put up a picture of my father's house with the two people playing cards on the table. That's my father's house. That's on my father's veranda. My father built that house with his father and on a block of land that was actually, even though my, my, my family's kind of not very traditional, so my grandmother got that plot of land and my father and my grandfather built the house. And you see those mountains? That's a view from my father's house. That's what he inherited. But you know what? When we come to Christ, can you put the next picture up, Chrissy? We inherit so much more than land and possessions. You see those mountains there? Over those mountains, about an hour's drive, is the border of Syria. And we will inherit that land. We will inherit that land, regardless of what the world says, regardless of what is going on. This is what God's saying. Take my spirit into you. You have a great inheritance. Who's to say that we will not inherit that land and bring Christ into that land and the word of God into that land and the power of God will resist the enemy in that land? That's what my prayer is. Because if we inherit the nations, we inherit the souls of those nations. And that's what it's about. And I just praise God for that. He's so generous. He wants to give us everything he has. He does not want to hold back 
the inheritance. And when we are co-heirs with Christ, it's what Jesus gets, you get too. What Jesus gets, you get too. And I don't know what your earthly father was like. I had a really good earthly father. And I know sometimes that's not a reality for everyone. But I find it easy to relate to Abba Father because my father was like that. And I remember when we first got married, we didn't have much. We, um, we put everything or everything Mick had. I didn't really have anything but debt. <laughs> Sorry, I had a visa bill like... <laughs> but... You know, when we got married, we put everything into buying a house because that was the best thing to do. It wasn't much of a house, but we loved that house. But I didn't have a microwave, and that was kind of the latest thing about 30 years ago was to have a microwave. So my dad had this old microwave in the garage, and one day while I was chatting with him at his place, I said, Dad, can I have that old microwave? And you know what he said to me? And he said, he said it before, and he always says it. He says, everything in this house is yours. Everything I have is yours. Everything I work for is yours and your sister's. That's what he says to me, and that reminds me of our God. And you know, the very next week, what he did, he went and got me a sharp, brand new microwave and gave it to me and Mick. I remember that day with a it was called Carousel. I don't know, but so so that's the heart of our God. That's the heart of our God. That is the heart of our God, and that's why I love God so much. And <laughs> in the land you know, in the Middle East and in that land. I was there in October, actually. I took my mum there to see her brother. And it's a very funny place, you know. Names are everything. Names are everything. So you'll go to a town, right? There are no streets, no street names. There are roads, what kind of dirt roads, but there are no street names. So, so if you want to visit somebody, you just arrive in the right kind of town and you say to them, I want, a, I want uh, the Sabbath household. And they'll say, oh, that's great. You just go down there. See that third house with the pink roof? That's it. So, so we, were, you know, we, we took mum to visit all her relatives, and that's how we were directed. And when we got to the town where my dad is, and I, I went up to one of the guys, and I said, where's Bat Ya'ub? Bat means house. Ya'ub is Jacob, the house of Jacob. And, and they directed me straight away to our house, to my father's house, because they know my father's name. They know my father's name. So they took me straight to our inheritance. And do you know what? You need to know your father's name. You need to know your father's name because you have an inheritance. Because of your father's name. Because of your father's name. And you need to remember who you are. You need to remember who you are. It's just amazing. So we've, we've been taken out of this world and placed in an eternal kingdom. We are royal children by adoption. And we, have, we are heirs and we have an inheritance with Christ Jesus, which is one of the most beautiful things. And, and, you know, when it comes to living a holy life and to living in holiness, sometimes we might think, well, you know, you know what, I fall short. You know, everybody falls short of the, of the glory of God. But, you know, the Bible talks about God, Jesus clothes us in righteousness. We need to keep that on. We need to hold on to that wherever we go and put that righteousness on. Know what our name is. Know who we are. Know we, where we are going. We are going to be seated in, in heavenly places near the throne of God. And if we do that, it makes it easy to be holy. It makes it easy to think about who we are. And I love the story of Mary Donaldson. And she's an average Australian girl from an average family. 
She, her father was well-educated, so she was quite well-educated. They were ordinary people. They didn't live in a big city like Melbourne or Sydney. And one day, while she was just doing life, she ran into a, a man at a pub. There's the pub again. <laughs> that man changed her life. She was joined to him in marriage. She took on a new name. She had a new home. She got given a new life. And because she moved into a kingdom, there was a higher calling. She wore dignity. She wore modesty. She led in humility. No longer could she live the way she used to live because she was now royalty. She was royal. She became a royal daughter. And she has a huge inheritance of, of property and, and, and gold and all sorts of things. And one day she will inherit a throne. And that's not very different to what Christ does with us. And if I can have Brittany come up. Christ does the same thing with us. He'll meet us wherever we are. We could be at the pub. We could be smoking shisha. He meets us right where we are. He meets us right where we are. And you know what? He clothes us with his righteousness. But, you know, the Bible talks about work, work out your salvation daily. You've got to hold on to it and wear it. Wear it with dignity. Know who you are in everything that you do in your life. Okay. Thank you, Brittany. Okay, I want you to put the chair over there. Face that way. Yeah. So, guys, this is what kind of what God does with us. And I thought about this when I was preparing and I was just saying, God, you know, give me a picture. I love pictures. I'm very visual. And this is kind of what God does. And this is, this is part of my wedding dress. I never thought I'd use it after 30 years. <laughs> so he comes along. And he does this. Put your hand on that, Brittany. And hold on to that. And you know what? This is what he does for us. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Do you wear your righteousness? Do you hang on to it? Do you hold on to it? That's what he does. He places us in heavenly places right beside the throne of God because that's where Jesus is and we are with him. We are with him. So if we can just close our eyes. I just want to pray and I want to invite anybody. You know, you may, may have not had a good father or a good dad, but there's a heavenly father and he wants you. He's calling you. He wants you to be his child. He loves you. You know, by choice, he died so that he could have you with him, so that you could have a brand new life. And he wants to clothe you. He wants to clothe you in righteousness. So as every eye is closed and every head bowed, I just want to ask you, do you have that spirit that we were talking about, the Holy Spirit in your heart? Do you know for sure that you are God's child? Do you know that for certain? You know, because lots of people think they're God's children, but they don't know that they don't have the Spirit of God. Do you have the Spirit of God inside you? I'm just going to get you to think about that for a minute. And I'm going to ask if anybody wants to have that Spirit in their heart to raise their hand. Nobody's looking. Every eye is closed. If you don't know that you're a child of God. I just want you to raise your hand because I want to say a prayer for you. I want to include you in my prayer. And I'm just going to wait a minute. If your heart is beating really fast and you think, oh gosh, that's me, just put it up really quickly and put it back down again. 
we just want to pray. We don't want to embarrass anyone. We just want to pray for you. Because the Father wants you to be his child. He's calling you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Anyone at all? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's stand up. Let's stand up. I'll just pray for us. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I just thank you that we can call you Abbi, Abba, Father. We just thank you, Father, that, Lord, you, you made a way, Lord, where we thought there was no way. You brought us from death, Lord, to life. We just thank you for that right now. And I pray for every person here, Father God, that as many believe, Father God, that they are children of God. In Jesus' name. What a beautiful word, huh? Absolutely amazing word. Let's lift our hands. Band's going to lead us through some more worship as we close tonight. And uh, as we do that, I just want to invite you to, to, to enter in deeper into that relationship with the Lord. To say, yeah, Lord, show me that. Show me how you see me as your daughter, as your son. Why don't we, uh, why don't we worship a bit? Your name, angels bow. 